Well, hello and welcome. Okay, do you ever hear things over and over again, but from different sources, different people, and you can't work out why you keep hearing it? Well, this is exactly what I'm having at the moment with the words, get back in your body, get back in your body. That's what I keep hearing. I've heard it on the TV, uh, I heard it on a podcast, somebody said it on an Instagram live the other day, and I don't know what it means. But the more and more research I do into it, I've discovered it's to do with somatic healing. So I decided to look into a bit more of this and thought I need to get somebody on my podcast to talk about somatic therapy. And as the law of attraction is so incredible and the law of association, just through my cold water swimming group, I've come across this lady, Rachel Cruikshank. She's a somatic therapist. Rachel is the co-founder of the creator and co-founder of the Soma Method. Rachel works to activate the fullest and brightest version of you. Soma is a pioneering practice that combines both Eastern spirit and Western science to somatically target every layer of our being in order to activate and awaken, which is probably why I keep hearing people saying, get back in your body, get back in your body. Rachel's also a yoga teacher, a somatic guide and an energy healer as well. She uses her expertise and her skills to help unlock uh, your body because you hold the key. So she will help people get the potential out of themselves. I was so excited when I came across Rachel uh, and asked her to be a guest speaker on this podcast because myself, I feel like I just have so much to learn from her. So if you keep hearing somatics, somatic therapy, somatic healing, and you yourself as well are questioning, what is it? How do we do it? What does it mean? Then I know for a fact you're going to really love this episode. Mel. Yummy mummy. Geriatric mum. How the f*** did that happen? Hi, I'm Sally Wallace and welcome to my podcast, Adventures of a Geriatric Mum. Okay, I know what you're thinking. Why the name? Well, it's a label that I've been slapped with recently, so I've decided to embrace it. But don't worry, it's not all sore nips and stretch marks from here onwards. As a former radio presenter, public speaker and someone who's a huge advocate of keeping banter alive, each week I'll be sharing life observations with a twist, random questions, subject matters that'll blow your mind, Like, do we really eat spiders in our sleep? Am I the only woman who walks around with crystals in her bra? And why is it that my husband's clothes and socks are so much more comfortable than my own? All gripping stuff. Find me on Instagram and Facebook at Adventures of a Geriatric Mum. Something has brought you here today, and I think it's because we're on the same vibration station. Thank you so much for having a listen. I really hope you enjoy it. Hello and welcome. I'm Sally Wallace, your host. This is my podcast, Adventures of a Geriatric Mum, and it's guest speaker day. It's my favourite day. I love guest speakers. I'm very particular about who I choose to come and talk on my podcast because it's my show. And I always want to make sure that I'm going to get somebody who's going to come on board and share some incredible information. Oh, I know for a fact you're not going to be disappointed with this lady. As I've already mentioned in the intro, I've been following her for a while and her work is incredible. Rachel, hi. I'm so glad that you can make it. Hi, Rachel. Hello. Thank you for having me. No, thank you for coming on. I know that you're a busy lady. I find it fascinating, the work that you do. And it was because of, obviously I've mentioned already, because I go cold water swimming, um, 
I, I literally came across you through David, who does all the breathe work. And he said to me, have a look at Rachel. So I started having a look at Rachel. And this word somatic healing, soma keeps coming up so much on just from where I'm looking at. And then the more women I'm speaking to, they're also coming across this word. Um, and it, uh, And seeing what you do, looking at your reels every day when you're shaking and you're moving your body. I thought, oh my God, this girl knows her shit. I really, really want to talk to her. So Rachel, tell us about yourself first. Mm, thank you. And thank you to, to David for putting us in touch with each other. Um, he's a wonderful human. Um, so yeah, I am Rachel. I am a somatic therapist. And my journey to where I'm at now has kind of been many twists and turns as so many people have in their in their lives. But for me, the SOMA method, which is um, well, what I've created and what I founded, but the more I practice this and teach this method, the more I'm realizing actually the SOMA method found me. Um, I really feel like it came to me at a point where I really needed it myself. Um, but in essence, it is a pioneering practice that is combining I, I call it a multidimensional practice for multidimensional people. We are living a multifaceted, we are multi-passionate people. We cannot simply just do one thing um, in order to, let's just say, be healthy in this moment. Um, but because of my journey that I've been on over the last few years, I really started to tap into this place of a few things. So first and foremost, I, I really feel as humans, we have so much potential that we are not tapping into. We are not awakening. We are not activating. Um, and that can kind of at one stage, maybe we just sort of feel a little bit bored or a little bit lost. And, you know, at the maybe the worst end of the spectrum, we possibly are suffering with quite severe physical and or mental, you know, illness and, and um, imbalance in our bodies. Um, so for me, I started to really feel into kind of how can I unlock the potential within me? And I feel that the way to do that is somatically. So the word somatic or soma is really just talking about the body in and through the body, using the body. And um, I, I kind of refer to the body as the vehicle, the vessel that is taking us somewhere. You know, if you try to get in your car and drive to Scotland, but you didn't put petrol in it and, you know, you hadn't had the engine checked and, you know, you didn't have any washer fluid and the brakes weren't working, you wouldn't get very far. And yet when we don't pay attention to our bodies and we're not getting very far, we're getting frustrated or um, getting upset or getting annoyed or, you know, seeking outside of ourselves for the solutions. But I actually feel like the the key to unlock our potential is within us and the somatic work that I do, the SOMA method that I teach is ultimately showing people, here's how you find that key within yourself. I believe we are kind of the captain of our own ship and I want to teach people and empower people to find it within themselves rather than me be the, on this like guru stage, like I'm the one who has the answers for you, follow me and you'll find whatever it is you want to find. It's more come with me, let's get the map out together and let's navigate, you know, bodies, lives, world. And within that, I really feel into these words kind of expansion, activation, awakening. Um, but what we're talking about is awakening and unlocking our potential, our powers, our gifts, rather than seeking for those things outside of ourselves. So there's, there's an awful lot that I hear, and I hear this quite a bit, and you'll probably be able to shed a bit more light on it for me as well. I hear this term, um, 
because I follow a lot of motivational speakers, but also my husband thinks I'm a, a, a slightly witch. He always goes, you're a bit witchy you are, aren't you, love? But obviously he loves me regardless. But I think he, he, he you know, he wouldn't love me if I wasn't a bit witchy or a bit woo-woo. But I hear this quite a lot and it is get back in your body, you know, get back in your body. Um, and how, what does that actually mean? So for me, I feel we, there's, you know, all of these conversations that we're having here, there's so many different um, like streams that have fed into the river of how we're living right now. Okay. So one of the streams would be the highly patriarchal world that we have been brought up in the paradigm that says, um, stop feeling about it, think about it. This is the logical way. This is the reasonable way. This is the rational way. This is what makes sense. You know, very thought-based, very like in the top, like from the eyes upwards, basically, right? Use your brain is kind of the way that we've been taught to do things. The schooling, um, our parents, God bless them, like they've been part of that society as well. So we've probably learned from many ways, you know, this is the route that makes sense. This is the, the straight line, clean walls, you know, defined boundaries um, way that we've we've been doing things. Um, I think that's a huge thing that's influenced um, this, this detachment from our body and disassociation from our body. A second thing, which is part of that, a second stream is we have not been taught to feel, um, particularly in the Western culture. And I think especially in the British culture, this kind of stiff upper lip um, that for the most part, and I'm talking generally here, I know this isn't everybody and this will not be everybody's experience. I'm also talking from my experience um, and also the experience of many women and clients that I've worked with, but this kind of stiff upper, upper lip, you know, man up, get on with it. Um, you know, like, I'll oh, stop being a crybaby, you know, all of these little things that we've heard throughout our lives. Um, women, this kind of hysteria, stop being hysterical. Oh, are you on your period? Oh, put a tampon in it. You know, these derogatory terms that we've heard. Um, even I've often heard and been in conversations around men speaking about women in relationships where they have had emotions and feelings. And it's like, oh, she's crazy. Oh, she's a psycho. So we've kind of created this straight line from I'm having feelings to I must be unhinged you know and I think that is extremely damaging for now the way that we you know go about things and feel about things and again that's a huge spectrum because there's also this other part of things where if you're crying you're looking for sympathy or you're an attention seeker so ultimately what we're hearing and what I'm feeling even in my body as I'm speaking about this is this like stop showing emotions you know stop feeling about it and so what has happened again there's many other reasons why it's happened but a slow and steady over the course of many generations suppression of emotion disassociation from our physical being from our bodies and um, disattachment from our feelings and our emotions um and really this kind of put up and shut up keep calm and carry on again this is very much british culture um but that we have kind of learned and we learn it because that's what we see in society, you know, the when we have something happening in our bodies physically, emotionally, energetically, so symptoms of imbalance, be that hormonal imbalance, infertility, um, anxiety, depression, right, the list goes on and on and on. I want to work out like why do those things exist and I don't believe they just pop up and appear out of nowhere I believe there's reasons why those have, things have come up that could be physically 
um, like in ourselves, in our physiology, having imbalance there. It could be in our emotions. It could be in our, our energy and our beliefs and our thought systems in our behaviors and things like that. So I think for me, getting back into the body is the reconnection with our, our, our being, our vessel, our vehicle, and bringing that to kind of the place where it is illuminated and um, in the most aligned place possible. And we're using the body to, to heal. We're using the body to work through trauma. We're using the body to change the narratives of our mind, the beliefs of our mind and things like that. Because trauma at the moment, and this is this is trauma's becoming mob. I think people are becoming more and more aware of it and are actually open to talking about it more as well. Um, because trauma doesn't mean that it has to be horrendous trauma. Trauma can come in all sorts of different size. I hate to say that word sizes. Do you know what I mean? Like, because obviously what affects certain people doesn't affect other people. So trauma is different for absolutely everybody. But trauma is definitely something that um, I was, I can't remember where I read this the other day, but it was the mind forgets what the body remembers. So if, and you'll probably relate to this because of the work that you do. So if you've, you know, mentally dealt with something, how do you find this with your clients that the body still remembers it and can be triggered by certain experiences? Yeah, I think there's a couple of things there. So when I speak about trauma, I like to speak about it capital T and small T. So the capital T is is like the the big big things that have happened, you know, um, and the the small T is is the smaller things that have happened. And again, that really comes down, I think, to like you say, kind of our own experience of it. And and some things for some people might be like a capital T trauma, and some things might be a, a smaller T trauma, right? Um, I think the, the second point that you said, I would, I would personally say, so what we often have is like at the neck, this kind of like cutoff point where we are thinking about things. We're thinking on things. We're thinking through things and we don't want to let it get into the feeling of in the physical body because it's often extremely uncomfortable, right? If you have dealt with um, grief, loss, again, huge trauma, it is so uncomfortable in the body. And because we've not been told how to sit with it, how to work with it, how to navigate it, what our response therefore is like, let me put it in a box because if I feel into it and then I start to feel sad or I feel into it and I start to feel pain or I feel into it and I start to feel um you know an emotion that doesn't feel good therefore I must be failing in some way so I personally would argue that it has not been dealt with until it's fully processed through the body until you can have a conversation about it without being triggered until you can have a conversation about it without it feeling like you know you have a raw nerve that's exposed and it's kind of been touched with electricity possibly is it not um actually dealt with and actually processed yet now that's my opinion there's going to be many people out there who have many different opinions but I think this concept of I've dealt with it like I had a, a client yesterday and she actually said those words I dealt with it 10 years ago and I said well what does that mean to you because we can't just tick these things off it isn't something on an action list it isn't something on a to-do list it's not like I need to go to the grocery store and buy some bananas oh I need to process this trauma tick it just doesn't happen like that 
the journey of healing is not a linear process. It is not steps one, two, three, four, you know, grief, for instance, is very present in my life at the moment. So that's a, a beautiful example, though, because if anyone has ever seen like there's steps of grief, but you don't work through the steps of grief, one, two, three, four, you go up, down, side to side, left, right and center through the washing machine in the tumble dryer and out the other side. Right. It's not. So I don't know if we can truly say something has been processed until we've really sat with and felt physically somatically the emotions associated with it and also then you will feel the release that comes afterwards you know I've had sessions with clients where they have been in absolute floods of tears and felt like god I can't go on with this and then just whoop like that like a breath leaving the body it's gone and it's moved through and it might come back in a different way or it might journey through in a different way but I don't think trauma and and, um, you know, heavy emotions and the density of life and the things that we're struggling with, I believe until they've gone somatically through the body, which is why I'm so passionate about it. I, I think there's still going to be remnants and resonance there. I don't think we can kind of deal with things in that kind of like, oh, it's done. I don't think it works like that. No, it's, you know, it's really interesting. So um, I mentioned this to you before, before we started recording, it took me five, five years to actually have a little boy in the end. And that's when I thought, right, I'm going to do a podcast about this, but it's becoming so much more. And the more women I speak to, um, and because women, we tend not to talk about things. And you'll probably notice this with your female clients as well. A lot of us, like you mentioned earlier, we block off emotion because we don't want to seem as though we're failing or we don't want to look like we're hysterical or looking for attention. But the more and more women I speak to, not just about their journey to motherhood, but their journeys through careers, lives, trying to find the perfect partner. Um, we say things, we don't mean to say it flippantly, but I was with a woman the other day and I said to her, we just got chatting. We're both mums and we're in our forties. We're both trying for a second baby. And we were laughing about being geriatric mums and you know, how we're actually healthier now in our forties than what we were in our twenties when we were probably drinking diamond white and smoking embassy, which I won't take you there, Rachel. Um, so, and we were chatting away and she said, oh, you know, well, I'd had four miscarriages before I'd ha I ended up having my son. And I said, you know what you've just said, and you've said it so quickly. And I said, and I'm, I'm not pulling you up on it, but isn't it crazy that we've just, and she went, yeah, you're right. I had just accepted it as though it was normal. And it's actually quite sad, really, that she has just sort of not, I, she didn't do it flippantly intentionally, but that's the only way that she knew. I mean, and that's one thing I really want to ask you. You must have clients who are female who do have that unlock because the things that we go through as women, uh, miscarriage, um, abortion, you know, all these things where we're shaming ourselves as well, can that also affect the body? And is that something that you've experienced with your, obviously, you know, client confidentiality, I understand, but I would just like you to speak from your experience with, with when you are talking to women and, and helping women. Yeah, I think there's, um, again, there's like so much under the surface, which is, I think, you know, so movement for me is a metaphor for life. When we're in movement, whether that's, a really slow practice and you're thinking god I don't have time for this when are we going to move on I'm bored I'm this I'm that and the other or whether you're in a really high intensity practice and you're thinking I'm not good enough for this I'm not strong enough for this I don't have the energy for this the words that come up in that space right the things that spill out which is why when I'm practicing and when I'm holding space when I'm teaching I always say to my women and men who practice with me um have a journal next to you and the words that come up in your mind write them down because those are the words that you are telling yourself without noticing subconsciously unconsciously probably 24 hours a day when you wake up in the morning you know you 
a lot of us don't have that that moment of connection so the alarm goes and you go about your day you make a coffee you have a cup of tea you have a shower you brush your teeth right so between let's just say that hour then you've left the house in that hour there is so much chatter happening in your mind there's so many feelings that's happening in your body probably that you are not aware of so I always say to people the first thing is to become conscious and aware just start to notice you know they're like I can't be bothered for today I'm not good enough for today oh that meeting's probably going to go bad oh you know all of these things that are happening and I really love movement for that because it we're in this container, we're in this kind of vacuum moment when you're on your mat and you're moving and you're sweating and you have a, a voice guiding you that's saying what's happening in your mind right now and you think, yeah, you know what, I am really pissed off with you because you're still making me squat or whatever it might be, right? And and it's like we just use movement as a metaphor for life. So we start to notice and observe. The other part of that though is the stories and the body therefore as being a metaphor for um or a, a reflection or however whatever word you want to use metaphor doesn't quite feel right but you kind of I think get the drift of the things then that's happening in the body the things that are coming up for me I really see most physical imbalances physical symptoms of let's just say dis-ease or disease you know um whether that or, or illness I see there being a physical physiological reason for that let's just take miscarriage for instance right there's many physical or physiological reasons why a woman might have a miscarriage there are also many emotional and energetic reasons a woman might have a miscarriage you know and a lot of those reasons will be subconscious or unconscious. So that's like what's happening in the moment. And then after, and you mentioned miscarriage, and I think you mentioned abortion as well, we then hold on to that trauma in the body. So let's just say a woman makes the decision to have an abortion. I have actually count myself really lucky this year to have spent time with some women actually going through like an abortion ceremony with them somatically to release the feelings of trauma of pain of guilt of shame from the body because if we hold on to those again it's subconscious we might tell ourselves no honestly I'm fine and you tell your friends no honestly I'm fine I'm feeling okay about it I've not been upset but that of course that could be the truth but it could also be a suppression of the feeling and so then let's just say a woman then tried to have a baby down the line or out of nowhere um you know she was had polycystic ovaries or endometriosis or really painful bleeds or something like that you know it's also about it's it's it, like I say it's multi-dimensional it's like being in the moment and really getting truthful with ourselves what am I feeling and I think having someone to support us in that journey is important because it's like I wouldn't know maths if I hadn't been taught maths right we need someone to teach us what we don't know um but then also when we start to become more conscious then we can navigate through the trials and tribu tribulations of life which are always going to come you know I say to people like the waves of life are always going to come we've just got to get really good at surfing it's not about trying to stop the waves you know we can't switch off the ocean but we can learn how to navigate you know the rhythms and the tides and things like that actually I'm so glad that you mentioned your group where you were working with women particularly about trauma and abortion because Personally, I think it's something that women just don't talk about and that because of the shame and it is it's 
it's really sad that we we live in that society because you know we I I just think that the more and more you know women like yourself are there to help other women women like me are making more people aware of these conversations that it's okay to have these conversations there's no judgment here uh, because let's be honest we have been judged for years and years and years and that's a generational thing as well when I look back on my mum God bless my mum she's amazing Sandra uh, but my mum's mum my grandmother little she was 96 my grandmother would have it was pride it was about pride with my grandmother she didn't talk about, talk about certain things because of pride and I'll never forget my mum used to use these certain words of you don't air your dirty laundry in public you know there's all these little words that have come down through generations where it was just keeping you know there was keeping pride and keeping a bit of I suppose uh, her standard of her what her family was no I, I love that thank you so much for saying that what I would love to know more about is on your Instagram it says that you're unlocking the seven gifts through somatic healing so I'd love to know more about the seven gifts as well Mm, yeah I think what was coming up there as you were speaking is for me my work that I do is returning to our truth like the truth of who we are as human beings so the seven gifts of being that I teach are seven um, topics or focuses or themes I guess that I feel when we can drop into those areas and unlock them and really understand them within ourselves and understand them with our worlds that I feel those are kind of the like boats that will take us to this place of living the most expansive and activated life, a, a life where we feel empowered, a life where we feel we can speak our truth, uh, a life where we feel we can be our most authentic self, a life where we don't have to hide like all oh, this thing happened to me or we feel embarrassed about feeling that way. You know, it's like being our most full selves. Like I, I say that a lot, you know, it's about coming into the fullness of who, who we are. So those gifts are connection, um, sensuality, personal power, love, voice, vision, and creation. And they are not the only things, but I feel like those seven areas, when we really truly understand them and learn about them and taste them and feel them and unlock them, you know, this is about finding these little keys within ourselves and unlocking these gifts that I believe we were born with, but that we have slowly and steadily forgotten over our lifetimes because we were told like, sit down and be quiet. And like you say, all of the other things that we've been told. So for me, when I am in my fullness, it's when I am feeling deeply connected. It's when I'm feeling into my sensuality, into my sexual energy, into the divine feminine, divine masculine. It's when I'm in my personal power. That is not circumstantial. That is, I am powerful no matter what. I'm powerful in my most saddest moment. I'm powerful in, you know, a moment of chaos and a moment of crisis. That power is always there within us. Um, it's when I'm in a place of love, love first and foremost for myself, but love for the world and tapping into that frequency that that's the way I want to feel, you know, I want to be in love with the world. Um, it's being able to speak our truth. Like we are here expressing ourselves with a clear voice. You know, if anyone out there, you know, you get a lump in the throat or <clears throat> like often, <clears throat> you know, what is there in the throat that you are not speaking? Is there something you're suppressing? Is there, you know, that very physical, like, you know, sometimes I'll be speaking to women, they'll almost be like holding their throat. And I'm saying like, what is there in the throat? You can almost see the lump, you know, something is not wanting to be expressed there in our voice. And then vision and creation is really about looking into the future is about, you know what, I get to create this life as I want to, to live it and to lead it. I think, you know, 
for a lot of people this might be this might be new or foreign but I just do not get on board with and do not agree with you know this structure of life that we have to lead and that it has to be like this is step one and this is step two you know get the job get married have a baby there is no life is not linear you know look into nature and a lot of this is like about nature being a reflection I'm deeply inspired by nature there is not a linear bone in nature's body you know it's 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 changing and it's moving it's seasonal it's cyclical and yet as humans we're constantly trying to control and micromanage life like it doesn't work like that however when we tap into these gifts these seven gifts and we unlock them and we activate them within us then we have this ability to just to be able to navigate life so that's it's essentially like surfing the waves that I was speaking about earlier so do you work on a group basis or do you work on a one-to-one basis how can people connect with you Mm, yeah there's loads of different routes at the moment so um the Soma method is now kind of the brand I guess that I sit within and um as a part of um so there's lots of different options within the Soma method we have a nine-month program um that is running as a rolling a rolling program so people can join each month um and there's a very like a variety of different practices within that there's movement practices there's mind mindset practices um there's you know lots of different elements that's incorporated into that um but that is taking you on the journey each month has a different focus so a beginning and an end with the seven gifts in the middle and each month we have kind of a key focus um and then what will be coming towards the end of this year, we've already had one summit day, which is, I think, possibly what David was speaking about when he suggested to you originally. Yes. Um, so the summit days are the Soma summits are our kind of day retreats. So one day um, non-residential retreats where we kind of have longer time together. You know, there's real magic in a one hour practice. But I think sometimes when you come together physically as a group um, and you spend a, an elongated amount of time together, there's real power there. So we have those we have the sanctuaries which will be coming early next year early 2023 um which are residential retreats which will be again focusing on different things but the two that we have kind of locked in at the moment is um a soul revolution which will be in february and a detox kind of really focusing on letting go and release so there's three stages of the the soma practice unburdening which is step one which is you know the release the letting go the you know laying down whatever has been um unlocking the gifts being in the present moment which is step two and then unfolding allowing the future to look how we want it to look rather than basing it on how it's been um so that's going to be really looking at that first step you know really clearing out letting go you know flossing the bones the bodies the cells everything like that so um yeah and I always have one-to-one space um that is something that um I am doing alongside the program so supporting people will still do the program but they will be supported by me if they want to be deeper through the one-to-one process so that is an option as well and then lots more. So teacher training practitioner programs next year. Um, a book is being written. There's many, many, many things happening. Yeah, I know. So um, yeah, 2023, it feels like a real beginning of something at the moment, um, which I'm really looking forward to. But the best way is always to go onto Instagram, I think, because all the details are there, right? I'm so grateful for your time today, Rachel. Thank you so much for taking the time out to talk to me. And you've just explained your, what you do and your practice absolutely beautifully. Um, and I, I actually cannot wait 
wait to listen to this again. <laughs> I really can't because there's so much that I've <laughs> taken from it today. So thank you so much. Once again, if you would like to connect with Rachel, uh, make sure that you um, go to the show notes. Uh, I'll leave her Instagram there, website there, all the ways that you can connect with her. But thank you so much for your time today, Rachel. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's been an honor. Thank you so much for taking a listen to my podcast. Find me on Instagram and Facebook at Adventures of a Geriatric Mum, where there's a link to the podcast that you can share with all your friends. After all, sharing is caring, and you and I are best friends now.